Welcome to COVID Conspiracies. I'm your host, Monique Baudin. Back at the end of 2019, if someone had told you that a global pandemic was going to sweep the world in 2020, would you have believed them? Could you have imagined that people all around the world would get sick and that nearly 4 million would die of a disease that no one had even heard of? That planes would be grounded, restaurants all closed, and even hugging would be off limits? It would have seemed so far-fetched to most of us in 2019. So maybe it's not that surprising that some people have been easily swayed by the conspiracy theories that have flourished with the pandemic. In today's episode, Jennifer Beeman looks at why so many of us have turned to outlandish theories to try to understand what has happened. You can subscribe to COVID Conspiracies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mind control vaccine microchips. Oh, and the whole pandemic thing. Outlandish claims as unbelievable as they are unverifiable a cultural byproduct of the COVID-19 crisis. The pandemic has been a catalyst for more conspiratorial thinking than you can shake a stick at. From the origins of the virus to how it spread around the world, and now the rapid rollout of vaccines. When the pandemic took hold last spring, it was an instant global crisis that closed borders, shut businesses, and kept people confined to their homes. Fear, anxiety, and stress are par for the course and key ingredients in the rise of conspiracy theories. I spoke to Alison Meek about this. She's an associate professor of history at King's University College in London, Ontario, and studies conspiracy theories in American history. The pandemic panic came on fast. Even as the virus crisis exploded in China, Canada's public health officials spent the first months of 2020 assuring people the risk to the Canadian public was low. Then came the lockdown. Within a few short days, schools were closed, workers were sent home, and provinces were plunged into a state of emergency. Meek says major world-shaking events can give rise to fringe beliefs. The more shocking or unbelievable the occurrence, the bigger the emotional impulse that there must be more to the story. In 1963, there was the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy. It spawned dozens of conspiracy theories from a CIA cover-up to Fidel Castro's involvement. The 9-11 attacks changed the world, ushering in a new era of U.S. foreign policy and scores of sinister conspiracy theories. There's conspiracy theories about Pearl Harbor, uh, and then, of course, the United States going to war, um, and then everything that happened with the atomic bombs, and then the Cold War that emerged out of that. Uh, the Kennedy assassination. And those conspiracy theories are very much rooted in it has to be more than. It has to be more than one man who was proficient with, with a rifle was able to kill the most powerful man in the world, that there has to be something deeper. There's got to be a bigger meaning going on. 9-11, and of course, then going into the war on terrorism. And so you see with these conspiracy theories, Liberals and conservatives and people across the political uh, spectrum are, are very much engaged in them. It's not a surprise conspiracy theorists aren't relegated to just the right or left. Believing can satisfy basic psychological needs humans of any political stripe share. A 2017 paper by a team of UK researchers says belief in conspiracy theories is driven by a combination of three broad motives. The first involves people's desire for epistemic knowledge, their drive to understand their own environment and the need for accuracy and certainty. The second motive that fuels belief is existential, the psychological need to feel safe and in control of your environment. 
The third involves social factors, the desire to maintain a positive image of themselves or their group. People are drawn to conspiracy theories when they satisfy these psychological motives, when non-conspiracy explanations fall short. COVID-19 challenges our understanding of the environment around us. It threatens our feelings of safety and control, emotions that affect people of all walks of life. Pandemic conspiracy theorists aren't just one type of person. They're not specifically relegated to the right or left. Specifically with vaccines, untrue beliefs about the rapidly developed and deployed COVID-19 shots are espoused by all kinds of people. A bizarre coalition between hardline libertarians, new age urbanites, and the religious right. The conspiratorial distrust of big pharma and big government has broad appeal. I think this is what we're seeing today with the anti-vax movement, with the COVID conspiracy theories, um, that we're seeing this really interesting coming together of people on the left um, in terms of the organic food movement, what we're putting into our bodies, but equally then people on the right with the government can't tell me what to do and my freedoms. And it's a really interesting overlap, a Venn diagram, if you would, of those liberals and those conservatives who are coming together on this issue. Coming together, but not face to face. The public health measures imposed by governments since the start of the pandemic have all but scrapped routine in-person social interactions. Many people are lacking the connections to their community they had pre-pandemic. A survey by the Angus Reid Institute last fall found just one in three respondents said they had a good social life last year, compared to 55% in 2019. Ontarians have endured three blunt province-wide lockdowns since March of 2020. Across Canada, in-person social gatherings have been strongly discouraged by public health officials during all three waves. A recent paper by psychologists at the University of New Brunswick says even the more mundane public health measures, such as social distancing, are having an effect on people's feelings of connection and well-being. The team analyzed questionnaire data from nearly 1,400 Canadians during the first wave. The survey measures participant satisfaction with life, psychological distress, and social cohesion. The February 2021 paper suggests even short-term social distancing edicts are linked to increased psychological distress, including heightened emotional disturbances and depression. The researchers say the feelings elicited by the seemingly lighter public health measures are similar to the psychological distress reported by people who have endured a more strict quarantine. With emotions running high and some feeling the toll of social isolation, Meek says the pandemic is bringing existing conspiracy-minded people out of the woodwork and also creating new believers. Uh, I think what you're seeing today is again a real mix of uh, people that are scared um, because we've we've got this pandemic that in many ways is frightening. It's at least to the, the human eye, it, it's a naked enemy that has invaded us. Um, with the lockdown, you've got people that have a lot of time on their hands and are probably spending a lot of time on the computer. And, and we do tend to get into those echo chambers um, where we only look at that information that shores up uh, the information that we ourselves believe in. Since the start, fear has been a core reaction to the COVID-19 crisis. We're worried about our health and the well-being of our loved ones. We're anxious about our children, their education and socialization. We're constantly on the lookout for the next big threat. 
the next wave or the spread of ultra-contagious variants. Steve Jordans is a psychology professor at the University of Toronto's Scarborough campus who follows conspiracy theories. He said many people feel a lack of control over their lives. Emotions abound and often trump rationality, Jordan says. We are both emotional beings, and that's our most primitive self, our, our limbic system, our core. And then we have this frontal lobes on top of it, which is our rational self. Our emotions uh, almost always win when, when push comes to shove. And I think for a lot of people, the reason we have so much trouble with conspiracy theories and try to you know, rationalize with them, how can you believe that every reporter is lying or even that 90% of them are or whatever? That's just not rational. They're not holding these beliefs rationally, and they're not drawn to the rationality of it. They're drawn to the emotionality of it, the warmth of community um, and, and that power that comes from feeling like you know something other people don't know. Part of the empowerment, by the way, is being in on something that the rest of us are, are not aware of. Well, we're not aware of. We, we don't believe. We're too stupid to kind of understand what's happening around us. And so there's a, there's a hint of kind of superiority over the non-believers uh, as well, special knowledge, special understanding. Um, and, and that makes them feel strong. And it makes them feel close to their fellow believers. Jordan says the conspiracy community offers devotees an instant feeling of belonging, camaraderie in a time of crisis. One of the things that draws people to these conspiracy groups is quite literally community, uh, you know, feeling like you're part of something. And quite often that community um, has a mission of some sort, a goal to do something and to take on some sort of, well, typically lie, some sort of evil that's out there. And I think that's very attractive to people when they're feeling disempowered and when they're potentially feeling, um, you know, maybe a little isolated, maybe a little scared or anxious. And it's a way of kind of, we, we know that social connections are the go-to thing we go to when we're feeling stress or grief or fear or any negative emotion at all. And you can very quickly, um, just simply by saying the right words and endorsing the right beliefs, become part of this community of, of you know, very close people who share this common goal. The goal could be uncovering the truth. And the pandemic's evolving data is rife for exploitation by conspiracy believers. What we know of COVID has evolved as quickly as the pandemic, and with good reason. When it arrived on scene, COVID was an unknown entity, a never-before-seen viral paradox that can go undetected in asymptomatic people or lead to suffering and death in others. The early months of the pandemic were filled with reversals. Ontario Premier Doug Ford famously wished families to enjoy their March break travels last spring, only to urge travelers to return immediately days later. As community transmission surged in the first wave, Canada's top public health official said wearing face masks in public was not necessary. In fact, Dr. Theresa Tam said it could do more harm than good. Fast forward a few months later and there are fines for people who refuse to wear one. And then there was the infamous flip-flop on border closures. For weeks in February and early March of last year, Ottawa said a strict shutdown was unnecessary, even stigmatizing. The feds turned around and barred all non-essential travel March 20th of 2020. Meek says the reversals in response to new information on the COVID-19 file are easily weaponized by people espousing conspiracy theories. And so a lot of, of course, the conspiracy theorists have pointed to the fact that 
the message keeps changing. You know, initially it was said, well, we don't have to wear masks. And then, of course, we have to wear masks. Well, why does that change? Uh, and again, there's a sense, well, new information has come out and it makes sense for, for all of this. Um, right now, of course, these, these debates about the, um, the vaccine, the AstraZeneca vaccine. Do we take it? Do we don't take it? Is it safe for people over 65? Who is it safe for? This is normal. Uh, I, I mean, the fact that these vaccines have been made in, in such a short period of time is extraordinary. But they've led to the conspiracy theories about, again, why is the message changed? Um, how do these happen so fast? Well, there has to be something more that's going on here. So that can come into play as, as in addition, again, to just the normal belief that the government is evil. So people who already believe that are probably more apt to be drawn to some of these conspiracy theories. Maya Goldenberg is an associate professor of philosophy at the University of Guelph. She told me the pandemic is fodder for fringe beliefs, especially for people who are already skeptical of authoritative sources. We are watching science in action with a with a close proximity that we usually don't get to see. So sort of conventional thinking about science is that uh, it's a body of facts. So when scientific experts tell the public what to do, it's supposed to be authoritative and right. However, we're dealing with a new virus and new circumstances. So even the scientific word is very uncertain. It is contested. So it is actually allowable within this framework, or it should be allowable, that our public health experts might say something one day and then new evidence emerges to make them shift course. Um, however, people don't know, because largely because the scientific claims are so politicized and the, and the crisis situation makes everything so extreme, People, some people interpret the sort of shifts in course over, let's say, uh, whether you should wear masks in the community or not. They suspect that that's because the scientists are making it up, that they're um, political pawns, or they don't know what they're talking about. Epistemic mistrust, people's unwillingness to accept new knowledge as trustworthy, is at the core of conspiracy theories, Goldenberg says. She's studied vaccine hesitancy closely for many years, focusing on why industrialized, well-heeled nations were encountering this issue. The assumption people who are reluctant to be vaccinated just don't understand the science is misplaced, she says. Vaccine hesitancy doesn't correlate with education level. Many vaccine-hesitant people have a solid understanding of science, but they do have a deep mistrust for systems, experts, and authorities. Sometimes it's well-founded, born of their personal experiences with the healthcare system. In racialized communities, vaccine hesitancy can be spurred by the trauma of past injustices against the group by the medical system. It's not enough to try and quell public mistrust on an individual level. Goldenberg says tackling public mistrust requires action right at the source. She says studies over the years have found people are often distrustful of the relationship between the pharmaceutical industry and healthcare in general. Instead of dismissing the worry or working to win over hearts and minds, people in power should be building safe divisions between the two. In the health system, building public trust within racialized communities will require a major overhaul of training programs and more representation of these groups in the medical field, Goldenberg says. If you ever need a moment to say maybe we need to change the status quo, I think a pandemic 
that relies heavily on publics following and trusting the directives, including getting vaccinated, that's a good time to revisit your standard relationships and say, maybe this needs a change. The evolving nature of the COVID-19 crisis, the social isolation brought on by lockdowns, the government doublespeak on face masks and border closures, these core realities of the pandemic are fuel for conspiratorial thinking. COVID-19 has interrupted social connections, prompted fear and anxiety, and pushed people on both sides of the political spectrum to look for answers on this once-in-a-century crisis. Reporting and narration for this episode of COVID Conspiracies by Jennifer Beeman. Our producers are Carson Jarama, Jacob Dubé, and Bryce Hall. Original music and artwork by Bryce Hall. I'm your host, Monique Baudin. Thanks for listening.